You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Embracing the true reality, part three. And this time, divine restoration. Divine restoration. So I spoke to divine protection, divine provision, divine restoration. Acts 20, verse 32, you know already. And now I entrust you to God. And to the message of his grace that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance with all those he has set apart for himself. Amen. So we are entrusted to God and to the message of what? His grace. Amen. I don't know what you are entrusted to, but he says, I entrust you to. So don't entrust yourself to any other but God and his message of what? Grace. Don't entrust yourself to the philosophies of men. Don't trust yourself to the wisdom and popular opinions of others. Entrust yourself to God and to the message of his grace. Anytime Jesus comes on the scene, the first thing he tells the one he meets, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Watch it. Go and read it. Everywhere he meets you, he says, don't be afraid. Because anytime you meet him, he wants to dignify you. He wants to make you better. He does not condemn you. He does not make you feel worthless. Because he created you. If you are a failure, it makes him a failure. So entrust yourself to the message of his grace. Because that is the only way you will be built up. Otherwise, you'll be built down. You will collapse. You will die before your time. You will not leave any legacy on earth. Are you here with me? That's the only way you should be built up and then you would have an in. And in with all those who have been set apart for himself. Hello. Don't deny yourself your inheritance by entrusting yourself to messages of condemnation. And every time you feel that it has to be your performance, you will fail. But if you can trust him and the message of his grace, it will be the wheels that will take you into your destiny. It will be the wheels that will drive you to where he has already set you to be. 
embracing the true reality. I said that um, the word embrace has to do with making sure that you, you throw caution to the weed and you hold on to something without looking back. You embrace it. You embrace it. You embrace it. And I said that the fact that something is real doesn't make it true. So if you have an architect, the architect has the master plan. That is the true reality of the building that is about to be built. So the eyes of the foreman, the eyes of everybody must be fixed on the master plan. The true reality. If you look at the building and it doesn't look like the master plan, it is false reality. So the building will be staring you in the face as the reality, but it's not true. It's false. It's false. It's false. And most of the times, we as Christians rather embrace the false reality. And we throw away the truth. Whatever God has spoken about you, that is the true reality. Every other condition is false. And the earlier you reject it, the better. Because nobody sees better than the one who created you. There was a woman. And the woman actually epitomizes a woman of grace. In 2 Kings chapter 4, she was spoken of as the one who entertained Elisha, the man of God. As a matter of fact, the man of God kept passing through her neighborhood, and she would see the man of God pass through. And she herself just decided that I have to be a blessing to this man of God. She was not coerced. Hello? She was not told that bring um um And you will get this. No. She was not. She actually was not interested in an exchange. And you see as the story goes. One day Elisha. Went to the town of Shunem. Shunem actually means. A place. Of serenness a place that is calm and it is actually between a certain border but that border represents a rough place but Shunem is a place of serenity and it represents the calmness of a man or a woman the calmness of a person when people live in grace, they live in rest. They live in serenity. A wealthy woman lived there and she urged him to come to her home for a meal. She urged. 
After that, whenever he passed that way, he would stop there for something to eat. She said to her, husband, I am sure this man who stops in from time to time is a holy man of God. Let's build a small room for him on the roof and furnish it with a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. Then he will have a place to stay whenever he comes by. You can see a woman who has a, a treasure, a treasure heart, a golden heart. She wants to do things for the Lord. Amen. May you be that kind of a woman. May you be that kind of a man. May you be that kind of a Christian. Listen, the woman rests in grace. And when you rest in grace, you live in gratitude. You always want to do something for the Lord. And you're going to watch so carefully what is going to happen to this woman. One day, Elisha returned to Shunem and he went up to the, this upper room to rest. He said to his servant Gehazi, Gehazi means the valley of vision, tell the woman from Shunem, tell the woman, from the place of rest. I want to speak to her. When she appeared, Elisha said to Gehazi, tell her, we appreciate the kind concern you have shown us. What can we do for you? Anytime you do things for the Lord, listen to me, when you do, he actually wants to just blow your mind. You can never outgive God. You can never. So what, what can we do for you? Can we put a good word for you to the king or to the commander of the army? So Elisha is a man in high places. And his word goes far. And listen to me carefully. <laughs> the word of a person in high places is powerful. Hello. But unless God has not spoken, then if he speaks, it will be made null and void. But if God backs him and he speaks, he goes very far. So Elisha was giving her a very good offer. I said, no, she replied. My family takes good care of me. So you can see a woman that lives in rest. Hello. All right. Later, Elisha asked Gehazi, what can we do for her? So you can see the heart of the man of God was yearning to do something. Gehazi. Kokonza. Knows everything. She doesn't have a son. And her husband is an old man. Call her back again. Elisha told him. When the woman returned, Elisha said to her as she stood in the doorway, next year at this time, you will be holding a son in your arms.
next year by this time. Listen to me. When your heart is fertile, your loins, your womb will be fertile. Jesus, Jesus. Listen to me. When your heart is warm, fertile, loins towards God, he would make sure. I'm telling you. Listen to me. Even, even when you don't have your own, he will lavish you with children that will bless you. I'm telling you. Because, listen, God is always looking to bless his children. And who tells you God will deny his children? The man of God said, yeah! By this time, you shall have it. But look at the woman. No, my Lord. And then she started crying. Hello. For her, she had passed this stage. I have wept. I have cried. I have fought for this thing all these years. Now, my true reality is that I can't have a son. Hello? That's my true reality. I can't have a son. So she started crying. And she said something. Oh, man of God, don't deceive me. And get my hopes up like that. Listen, 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 listen. When you are seeking for something for a long time that you don't get at a point, you lose hope. And you give up. And when somebody tries to mention it, it's as if they are trying to whip up your hope again. So that you can come flat down. But listen, you don't understand the true reality. You are still living in the false reality. Because you think God's timing is your timing. And your timing is God's timing. He will shock you. I don't know who I'm speaking to. But I said God will shock you. And God will restore and make sure that to the end, he sees you through. I can bet you. I can bet you. I don't know what you've given up on. Because you failed several times. Because you've been disappointed several times. So even when God's word comes and God is speaking to you, you refuse to hear. He said, let me move on. I don't want to deal with it anymore. Let me move on. Watch, watch it. Watch it. Next. But sure enough, the woman soon became pregnant. And at that time, the following year, she had a son. Just as Elisha has said. I decree to you the same thing that you have given up on for which is a drawback for you in life. A year by this time. I said a year by this time you shall see it. I said your eyes shall see it. 
You shall enjoy it. You shall walk in it. Let's continue. One day, when her child was older, he went out to help his father, who was working with the, harvest, with the harvesters. Suddenly, he cried out, My head hurts. My head hurts. His father said to one of the servants, Carry him home to his mother. Amen, man. We are doing work and you come and you, my head, my head, you go to your mother. So the servant took him home and his mother held him on her lap, but around noon time he died. Job said, The thing that I'm afraid of has come to me. Whatever you give attention, you give power. Whatever you give attention, you give power. I'm sure it was still lacking in her heart. Is this thing real? Is this thing real? But listen to me. When God says it, he says it. And when God says it, it is fine. Listen, anytime God gives you something that the enemy wants to take, stand your ground. Did you hear what I said? I said, anytime God gives you something that the enemy wants to take, stand your ground. And make sure you take it back. We live in an era where Christians, everything that happens to them is the will of God. I'm sure the woman should have said, God gives. He has taken. <laughs> but look at the response of the woman. I love it. She carried him up and laid him on the bed of the man of God. What did she do? She took the baby back to the source. <laughs> then shut the door and left him there. She sent a message to her husband. Watch what this. Send one of the servants and a donkey so that I can hurry to the man of God and come right back. She didn't tell the man anything. Because right from the beginning, he was not involved. And the boss, why go today? He asked, it is neither a new moon festival nor a Sabbath. The woman operated in the New Testament. That you can go to God anytime. You don't need to wait for the new moon. You don't need to wait for the Sabbath because the throne of grace is open and I can come in boldly with confidence and I will obtain mercy and grace and find help in time of need. I should wait for what? But she said, it will be alright. That's all he said. 
So she saddled the donkey and said to the servant, hurry, don't slow down unless I tell you to. As she approached the man of God at Mount Camel, Elisha saw her in the distance. Watch this. He said to Gehazi, look, the woman from Shunem is coming. Run out to meet her and ask her, is everything all right with you, your husband, your ch- and your child? The woman said, yes. Everything is fine. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Do I have a woman of grace? Do I have a man of grace in this house? When the world will ask, when everybody will ask, are you dying? He said, I am not dying. I am alive. Because you know the true reality. You shall not live in the false reality. Whatever is happening now is false. It looks so real. It's trying to intimidate me. It's making me feel like I don't have a God. But listen, I know the true reality. I know the promise he has made me. I know what he said to me in my corner, in my secret room, in my spirit. I heard him right. It is time you speak what is in your spirit rather than speak what your eyes are seeing. If you can speak your spirit, your eyes will adjust. I said, if you can speak your spirit, your eyes will adjust. Put somebody in a dark room. The moment he gets there, he won't see anything. But let him wait for like three to five minutes. He will start seeing. Because the eyes would adjust to the environment. Listen to me. If you speak your spirit, your eyes will see what your spirit is seeing. Don't speak your flesh. Born again believers, don't speak what they see. In our realm, it is not seeing, it's believing. In our realm, believing is seeing. What you believe, you see. You see. But when she came to the man of God at the mountain, she fell to the ground before him and caught hold of his feet. Gehazi began to push her away. You don't understand. Gehazi, you don't understand. I don't need you as an intermediary. I am going to God myself. When Gehazi asked, the woman spoke differently. When he also came into God's presence, she made herself vulnerable. That's the mistake. We make ourselves vulnerable before men. And we act rather before God. We fake rather before God. And rather before men. We act vulnerable. But the woman understood the principle. They asked, ah, what is happening? I'm cool. Everything okay. I'm okay. But when he came before him, she said, yeah, I am dying. Help me out. I need your help. Watch this. Leave her alone. She's deeply troubled. But the Lord has not told me what it is. You see? 
what I keep telling you that listen to me, as pastors, as prophets, we don't see things by ourselves. God shows us what he wants us to see. He shows us what he wants us to know. And that's exactly why I always teach you how you can know God better. Because if you know him better, he will deal with you on a personal basis. You see, listen, listen. God doesn't have grandchildren. I don't know why Christians have become too vulnerable. Because God doesn't have grandchildren. As many He gave them the power, the right to be called the grandchildren of God. So you've got to know God for yourself. Know God. Watch, watch what is happening. Then she said, did I ask you for a son? My Lord. You see, when you get to a certain level with God, you know that you are a child. You know you are a son. You know you are a daughter. The point is that whatever he gives to you is not because you ask for it. Because it is his responsibility to give it to you. You think my children beg me for school fees? Daddy, I beg. When it is morning, they are standing and they want money for school. Daddy, I'm ready. Sharp. Whether you are going to Kachikraba to go and take the money or <laughs> that is the standpoint of this woman. Did I ask you? I was mine somewhere. You say you are blessing me. <laughs> and then you come and take this thing away again. Oh no. Don't deceive me, I told you. Didn't I say don't deceive me and get my hopes up? Then Elisha said to Gehazi, get ready to travel. Take my staff and go. Don't talk to anyone along the way. Go quickly and lay the staff on the child's face. This story is teaching us so many things about the New Testament believer. Watch the woman. But the boy's mother said, as surely as the Lord lives, and you yourself live, I won't go home unless you go with me. You are you're an intermediary. I don't need it. I want to encounter God myself. Until you go with me, forget it. I don't need any intermediary. I don't need any Gehazi. Gehazi means valley, a vision that is in a valley. When you stand in a valley, can you see clearly? 
said this one should go with me. Watch what happened. Watch what happened. So Elisha returned with her. Gehazi hurried on ahead and laid the staff on the child's face, but nothing happened. I don't know who you are depending on. Listen to me. Don't live your life depending on human beings. Connect. Connect. Connect to the source. And he shall flow to you every resource. There was no sign of life. He returned to meet Elisha and told him the child is still dead. When Elisha arrived, the child was indeed dead. Lying there on the prophet's bed. He went in alone. Shut the door behind him and prayed to the Lord. Then he laid down on the child's body. Placing his mouth on the child's mouth. His eye on the child's eye. His hands on the child's hands. And he stretched out on him. The child's body began to grow warm again. For we have an high priest that is able to empathize. They feel your weakness. They feel your problem. They feel what you are going through. They will put their hand in your hand. They will put their head on your head. They will put their body on your body. Because they have been there before. They went through it himself. They nailed him on the cross. And when they were doing all that, he was feeling what he would feel. Elisha got up, walked back and forth across the room once, and then stretched himself out again on the child. This time, the boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Whatever God has given you, he shall make complete again. I said seven times means perfect. Seven times means complete. Seven times means finished. Whatever God gave to you, that tried to die or collapse. The enemy is a liar. It is coming back again to you. It is coming back again to you. Shall they restore? Shall they restore? It shall be restored. Then Elisha summoned Gehazi. Call the child's mother, he said. And when she came in, Elisha said, Here, take your son. Take your son. The Lord is a divine restorer. I said the Lord is a divine restorer. He will restore everything that the cankerworm, the palmerworm have eaten. Anything that has taken from, have been taken from you forcefully, have been taken from deceitfully. He will restore. He will restore. He will restore. So he fell at his feet, bowed before him, overwhelmed with gratitude. Then she took her son in her arms and carried him downstairs. Ah, somebody shall be overwhelmed with gratitude. When you receive grace, you shall be overwhelmed with gratitude. And then when you're overwhelmed with gratitude, glory goes to the Father. 
And when glory goes to the Father, more grace comes. And then you're overwhelmed with gratitude. And then glory goes. So that is the cycle. You are going to be living in gratitude. Glory to God. More grace. Gratitude. Glory to God. More grace. Gratitude. Glory to God. More grace. More grace. More grace. Look at something that happened. When, listen, when God falls in love with you, he doesn't fall in love with you just in one aspect. When grace finds you, grace finds you in all areas. Because, listen, God is a holistic God. God does not do things in house. When God's eye is upon you, he takes care of every part. Look at this. Second Kings. Give me chapter 8. Give me chapter 8. Now. Elisha had told the woman whose son he had brought back to life, take your family and move to some other place for the Lord has caused a famine on Israel. That will last for seven years. Hello. Uh, hello. Last week we spoke about the farming. Where mothers were eating their children. The woman. Who God did not ask. But she just opened up to God. And decided to give to God. To bless God. To honor God. The prophet found him, found her in the time of famine to escape the famine. Can you believe this? One person out of a whole nation. Elisha was not a prophet to just that circuit. No, Elisha was the prophet of the nation. But when the famine was coming, that woman caught her attention. You see, when you are in a church that you are always forced to give, you don't receive anything. Christians must understand themselves and willingly give to God. That's New Testament giving. Well, who told the people who brought their land to bring their land? Nobody told them. They themselves went and sold their land. And they brought it. When people try to imitate it, but it's not from their heart, what happened to them? Because that's not the spirit of Christ. She caught God's attention. Amazing. Because get up. Leave. So for the seven years that people were suffering, she had stepped in. Remember what the woman said. When Elisha asked her, should I put a word in for you? For the king or the king's commander? She said, no. My family gives me everything I need. So she finds comfort in her home. 
But when the man of God spoke, she caught it and left her comfort zone. If, listen, this is in the Old Testament. If New Testament believers can walk in the spirit, we will make a difference. Look at the woman. She has property. She has so much. She was able to live it because she believed what the Lord was telling her. And she left everything and went. And true and true, famine came. I'm sure when she was about to leave, her friends would look at her. Now, your husband is old. Very soon he will die. You are leaving. They will take your property. Hello? Are you getting a point? The false realities will be staring at her. All around her. And listen to me. When you are about to make concrete spiritual decisions, all these false realities will be staring at you. And that is why most of us are still on the ground. Listen, when you have a problem, all sorts of people advise you. But the point is that you a lot of false realities will be facing. But if you know what he has said, take your family and move to some other place. For the Lord has called a famine on Israel that will last seven years. So the woman did as the man of God instructed. She took her family and settled in the land of the Philistines for seven years. Watch this. After the farming ended, she returned from the land of the Philistines. When abundant supply had come, she came back. And she went to see the king about getting back her house and land. So now you know what will happen. The advisors and the counselors will come. Abi, we told you. We didn't die. We are here. But listen to me. If you can understand that his word is always the standard, he never gets it wrong. I can bet my life on that. This God we are serving, he never gets it wrong. Never. Rely on him. If you know you have heard from him, rely on him. And she came in. As she came in, the king was talking to Gehazi. You see him again. Uh, uh, um, the servant of the man of God. And the point is, I don't know what Gehazi is doing here. Because Gehazi had been sacked. You know that. After the healing of Nehemiah, Gehazi went to collect something. Kickback. 
I'm for it. You know, Naaman did not believe in God. He so much believed in the God of the Syrians. So, when the miracle broke for him, he wanted to give Elisha so much. But Elisha also wanted him to know that, listen to me, it is not your money. So, take your money. I want to boast in my God. Because we don't do things because of money. Because money is our slave. Money is our servant. We have exalted money too much. When you are a man of God, listen to me. I tell you, there are times you will lack, but God uses it to teach you a lesson. But very soon, abundance will come. Abundance will come. <laughs> so, Gehazi, when he went to take the thing, Elisha said, I was with you there. When you were taking the stuff, and leprosy came on him, because Elisha commanded it to happen, that forever you have leprosy. So in fact, he should not be healed. And when I checked the timelines, how they chronicled, it was after two years. After two years. So two years after the incident. So what is he doing here? Is it that he was healed because he repented? I don't know. Is it that the leprosy he had in Leviticus, there are two types of leprosy. One of them, if your skin is yellow and raw, then it becomes very serious, contagious. That one, you are taking. But then there's a white one. And he actually, when he had the leprosy, his own was the white one. That's only, and that one was just like that one of Naaman. And you see, Naaman was still serving the king. Are you getting the point? Aha. So I'm very sure that he was still standing there with the thing. Are you getting the point? Yes. I want to, so that it would, every controversy in your mind. Because I know people argue about some of these things a lot. And they act as if the Bible is false. But it's because they don't have understanding. Amen. So he was still there. But serving the king. Now watch this. So the king has just said. Tell me some stories about the great things Elisha has done. Oh divine timing. And Gehazi was telling the king about the time Elisha had brought a boy back to life. At that very moment. The mother of the boy walked in to make her appeal to the king about her house and land. Look, my lord the king, Gehazi exclaimed, here is the woman now, and this is her son, the very one Elisha brought back to life. Divine restoration. Just at the moment. When Gehazi was telling her story. She. Walked in. To make her appeal. Don't joke with God. 
I said, don't joke with God. Everything that God says with you, about you, for you, cannot be an accident. He is the divine orchestrator. He's the one that moves the pegs. He's the one that moves the trucks. What God is doing about you is not going to be an accident. Don't think that when you met that man, it was an accident. Don't think that you, when you met that manager, it was an accident. God was pushing the pegs. My word shall not come in void. Until it accomplishes what it must do. It does not come back to me. So you see, when God speaks, he says them. Why? Because he actually has seen the end from the beginning. Christians don't start. We start at the finish point. <laughs> the world starts from the start. That's why they struggle. That's why they hustle. We don't hustle. If you're a Christian and you are hustling, it's your own problem. We don't hustle. We live by the Spirit. And when a man lives by the Spirit, things come to them. They walk into a place and everybody thinks, oh, it was an accident. It's luck. You know luck. Watch this. The steps of the righteous are ought. What are you talking about? He is ordering. So you see, he was ordering the steps of the woman to go at that very moment. I shared a testimony the other time when we were starting Doxa. There was a certain spirit that was so fighting. I saw that spirit in a dark place. It's as if we had started a church. And the place light off. And we went. I went with my wife. We're going to church. Nobody came to church. So it was so heavy on my spirit. I started praying. Pastor James, I called Pastor James and Pastor Bolt and all. He said, let's pray. There's a spirit. Started praying, praying, praying. I went to the office. I still did not feel free. You know, when you're praying and you're broken through, you know. And like I said, as for us, you don't see it to happen. When it has happened, you know in your spirit it's happened. I knew, no, it hasn't happened. So I went to lie down. Right lying down, Oyedepo came just with one word. Oyedepo, I was watching, he said, the word is in your mouth, declare it. I was praying all this while, I was not declaring. Take charge. So, like 45 minutes, I started taking charge. The moment, bam, the thing just broke. And then the Lord spoke, said, go and show this thing. Flyer on my iPad to the man. And they will give you the place. Alisa Hotel. By that time, they said, no deal. No church. It can't happen. When I went to the man's place, he was not there. And the devil said, Shia, what did you hear? And then the Lord spoke and said, he's at the, he's at the tennis court. Go and meet him there. He's bought, he's bought a new car. 
hey, the Lord is teaching. And, and, and he's showing it to his friends. When I wear the tutu, amazing. When I got there, I said, oh, we, oh, in ICDC, you know, we are this, we are orderly, we are not going to make noise. And the Lord said, did I tell you to? <laughs> he said, I said, show him the flyer. Flyer. On an iPad. The moment I showed the man the flyer, it was like something has happened to me. Hey! Hey, why are you waiting now? Hey! Free away, mommy! Hey, come on! Hey. They are doing church. They are doing church. Me, this one, Momo, I am bringing it down. Flyer. Flyer. Because in my mind, flyer can't convince me. But the point is, whoever you are dealing with, God knows him. You think you know him? You don't know them. He knows them. He knows them. He knows them. He knows them. And it happened live. Straight away, they gave us the place. Until we decided to leave. Because we had a better deal. Amen. Let me finish it up. Is this true? The king asked her. She told him the story. So he directed one of his officials to see that everything she had lost was restored to him. Watch, watch, watch. Too early. We are rejoicing too. Including the value of any crops that had been harvested. I said, listen to me. I don't know what you lost. I don't know who took what they took from you. But listen to me. The reason why the Lord allowed them to take it is because he wants to give you with interest. Ah, the devil took the first Adam. God said, I'm angry. I give you the second and last Adam. Who is the second? I give you myself. <laughs> Listen to me. Anytime God is restoring, he doesn't repair. <laughs> I take your iron and I spoil it. And then say, I need my iron. Then you go and repair the iron. Depreciated value. I go and buy an updated version. And that is when God is restoring. That is what he does. For seven years, the woman escaped farming and at the same time got an appreciated value of everything that she left behind. Because the word of God had gone ahead. Today, I speak the word of God over your life, over your property, over your children, over your home, over your academia, over your career, 
over your assignment, over your destiny, over everything you are associated with. I decree that the call and the word of God that is spoken ahead about that thing will never fall to the ground. I decree their activation into time that even before you get there, your prepared place has been prepared for you. May you walk into divine ability and agility. May grace find you on every side. No weapon formed against you shall ever prosper. And everything that was said to bring you down is going to take you up there. I decree that chariots of horses that are meant to destroy you, heavenly angels shall be released on your behalf. I decree that whatever the devil took from you is coming back to life again. And God will break through it and use it as a mighty weapon to bring glory unto himself. You are a tool that can never be destroyed. You will pull down. You will throw down. You will build. You will plant. You shall be called the planting of the Lord. Nobody can uproot you. You are walking into your high places. 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 I decree in the name of Jesus that you break every barrier. You will leap over every wall. I decree that boundaries are broken before you. Grace upon grace is coming to you. Grace upon grace is coming to you. I said grace upon grace is coming to you. Before 2017 will end, I decree for you in the month of December, divine restoration, divine restoration, divine restoration. You shall harvest, 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 you shall harvest. Tell those who are mocking and those who are laughing that they love their best. They love their best for the last time. Because it's your turn to laugh right now. I said it's your turn to laugh right now. Because the Lord is bringing restoration on every side. You are blessed. You are blessed. You are freakingly blessed. You are blessed. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Grace, glorious grace At the cross You called it finished Thank you for listening to Grace Bills by Reverend Josh Lai Lead Pastor, Caris Center International We believe the word has begun a good work in you May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life Caris Center International Living heaven on earth